Welcome and thank you for joining Dan Twing, President and COO at Enterprise Management Associates, and Robbie Dick, Solutions Marketing Manager at BMC Software, for part two of a three-part podcast series on workload automation and the state of digital transformation. Hi, I'm Dan Twing, President and COO at EMA. I'm back with Robbie Dick, Solutions Marketing Manager with BMC in our second podcast of a three-part series. We're discussing results from my recent research report, From Scheduler to Automation Fabric for the Enterprise, Workload Automation Transformation in 2023. This is is part two in the three-part series. Last time, we talked about the state of digital transformation and discussed how most companies are still working their way through it. This time, we're going to be talking about the role workload automation is playing in digital transformation. These two are really inextricably linked. Workload automation has evolved uh, to support it, and those folks who have really taken advantage of that seem to be farther along in their digital transformation. Um, This role that's evolving is more of an orchestrator of broader automation. And Robbie, you guys uh, at BMC use the term application workload orchestration. Maybe you can uh, tell me how you arrived at that. Yeah, absolutely, Dan. Yeah, you're, you're right. Uh, you know, uh, we're always agitating over here. I mean, I mean that in a good way. But uh, you know, workload automation is pretty well known, and uh, uh, a three-letter acronym that most that we talk to understand at least. But you know, we're, there's uh, there's always so many uh, uh, changes and additions to the environment, and there that elevates the orchestration needs. And so uh, we we kind of coined the phrase application workflow orchestration, or sometimes we talk about it as application and data pipeline uh, workflow orchestration, but we think that the application uh, importance in, you know, the last five or uh, so years, you know, compared to times before that made it worthy of a, a little bit of an agitation again and, and a name change. So it, uh, it, it by and large, you know, can be classified kind of the same way, but there's so many new data and, uh, you know, modern technologies that need orchestration needs above and beyond what people think of or that many people are using just from a few years ago. They think it's maybe a solved issue and we want to it was kind of an effort to try to say, you know, this isn't solved. It's constantly changing. The environment's changing. Our control and product is constantly changing and making additions. And we felt it was kind of worthy to elevate or get out there uh, in the vernacular uh, application workload or application workflow orchestration. Right. Yeah. And when when uh, when you guys first talked to me about that term, I mean, when I think about all of the early things that were done to to bring mobile apps into the into the fold and whether you're, or even if you're just using sort of some cloud native stuff uh, through a web browser, that batch overnight processing that many might think of in terms of workload automation, it, it, it shifted a lot to support those apps. It might be sweeping a file every 15 minutes or something. You know, your batches got smaller and more frequent to support these applications. Um, that's what I thought of anyway when you first uh, mentioned the term to me. It made sense instantly. And it's like, the the work has changed because it's become more real time, but there's still a need for something in the background to be helping these apps with moving their data around. And then you get to the data pipelines and all of that data moving. Um, you guys have done a lot in support of that. So, the, you know, and all of that was almost a precursor to further supporting digital transformation. Yeah, 
Absolutely uh, is. I mean, I remember sitting in the meeting when uh, I first heard about our uh, uh, DevOps interface or kind of our app, app dev uh, interface, uh, jobs as code, automation API. And I, I mean, it literally kind of blew my mind. And, you know, it feels like it was just yesterday. It was uh, seven years ago now. But uh, yeah, seeing some of the uh, uh, charts in the report and uh, particularly one where it talks about DevOps processes that WLA supports and involving and increasing, uh, not only involving developers, but increasing, helping them to increase the speed with which they develop work, workload automation or application workflow orchestration. It can help do that uh, yeah. because because the products and, and the categories, at, at least uh, I know for Control-M, has made additions that allow that to happen. It's not like your father's scheduler was 15 or 20 years ago. So I, I think uh, th those metrics that see, and I think it's just over 50% where WLA supporting DevOps processes. I mean, I, I love to see it. I love to see it because I remember when it was just a... <laughs> I guess, a, a gleam in somebody's eye when I first heard about it back in the day. Right. Yeah. Well, um, Robbie's referring to a question that uh, was in the research report. We asked, which statement best describes the role of WLA in your digital transformation journey? And that the most selected option was WLA supports DevOps processes, increasing developer speed. And it was 51%, as you mentioned, Robbie. And, and the um, the second highest one was... WLA is used for cloud infrastructure configuration. That was 50% and another 45% are using it for on-premises infrastructure configuration. So those top three really speak to how, you know, the tool, the category in general, and I know you've done a lot specifically in Control-M uh, to, uh, to add these capabilities, pulling in that developer community through supporting the DevOps processes and the, the you know, configuration of test and dev environments in advance of, and then carrying those configures, configurations forward when things move to production is really, I think, helped with the overall speed of just developing and deploying these things. Yeah, the, uh, you you admit, I kind of jumped the gun there on the chart, but I mean it was so it was so pleasing to see that uh, in in the data that it's fifty percent or over that are using. Um, you know, workload automation to help them support their DevOps process. I, you know, I can think of, uh, uh, again, a, a bunch of customer stories that we have, but Amadeus is a, is a longtime Control-M customer and they used it very, Control-M very traditionally for a number of years. And then a number of years ago started using the, uh, you know, DevOps capabilities to really increase the speed, which would, they developed uh, 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 applications and ultimately got them running in production at scale, which is really, uh, I don't want to say the only thing that matters. I mean, the development and the iterative process is also important, but equally as important as getting those running in production at scale. Uh, I think uh, industry analyst after industry analyst, yourself uh, um, included, Dan, talks about how, you know, that that cannot be overlooked. That's just as important. It's equally important. It's really the ops part in DevOps and and, uh, and, and any X ops, anything ops. So I uh, seeing that data and thinking of Amadeus, uh, which uh, if anybody takes a look for Amadeus and Control-M, you can see the details of the story. I won't do it justice, but uh, uh, we've got some others as well. Railink, I mentioned Navistar on an earlier podcast, all uh, involving developers and the data sources that they're using in ways that uh, I think really support and help accelerate their digital transformation. 
Yeah, and the, the fourth highest thing on that question was WLA file transfer capabilities are highly leveraged. So I know you've done a lot to beef up the internal native managed file transfer capabilities. Others have as well. And then there are third-party products that are also integrated. The whole of moving data around um, is, is a become a much bigger role for workload. And, you know, one thing that I didn't anticipate, but when you get all these multi-cloud environments, now that you have more places to move data in and amongst and between. So, I mean, just the modern architectures have increased that need. And then the, all the sources of data have made it so critical to be able to move data. And that's become a big role for, for these tools. It, it It's probably an oversimplification, but I'm pretty good at doing that. That's, uh, that's my modus operandi. I mean, uh, file transfers are about as old school as they come, but they are more more important than ever, I think. I mean, every new uh, cloud service or, uh, you know, uh, new data technology, it's got some built-in orchestration, which is maybe okay inside of it, but it still needs to play with everybody else in the, in the, in the barn. And uh, file transfers are still a key, key part of how that data gets uh, from legacy to modern, from, you know, from legacy to le legacy, from modern to modern, really any which way. So seeing some of the DevOps and the data heavy ones, and then the file transfers as, as really four of the top four, it, uh, it, it, it makes me happy. And uh, I love seeing it. And it's a, those are all huge areas of focus uh, that we have in Control M. I mentioned a couple of customer stories uh, earlier. MSA is another one. Uh, uh, MSA is a longtime user of Control M, heavy with file transfers uh, and d data pipelines. Raymond James is another one that we have a pretty recent story on that, again, a longtime customer used it very traditionally, but involving uh, different roles in the organization and uh, particularly around data and data pipelines. It's just uh, does my heart good to see it and uh, see happy customers talking about the way they're supporting their co their company's transformation efforts. Right. And then, you know, also in that question, um, much smaller numbers, 25, 27% ranges, but I'm starting to see uh, developers realizing that there's things they don't have to build into their digital transformation if they learn to leverage the capabilities of the workload tool um, to, to help them. And it can, uh, I, I had phrased some things like, uh, you know, ability to orchestrate between two different digital processes or even take major steps uh, of, a, of a, a digital transformed process and rely on the workload to do it for them. I think, you know, that's something that will continue to grow, but those capabilities are also in the product and some developers are starting to realize that. Absolutely. I mean, it, you know, uh, workload uh, automation, application workflow orchestration in and of themselves, they're not release management tools or application development specific tools, but, they, it, it, you know, modern ones have capable, like Control M have capabilities that allow them to be consumed and used in those environments. And I, I, I don't think everybody realizes that they think of batch scheduling like it was 20 years ago. And, and that, you know, that's where the, that's where, uh, you know, the boundaries end, but that is absolutely not the case, especially I, I near and dear uh, uh, to control M. I, you know, and that's not the case with control M and to hear right. customers using it that way. Just, yeah, it's fantastic. So, you know, what, what, what we also found in this research is the, a high correlation between those who are more mature with their digital transformation and how they have leveraged workload to get there. You know, we don't know necessarily if they 
knew that up front and that helped them go quicker <laughs> or if they got frustrated along the way and realized that the tool would help them. But those who have gone farther on their digital transformation certainly have said they rely much more heavily on the workload tool. And then we also had some data about the why people are changing. And I'm sure you're seeing this uh, as you talk to new new accounts who might be joining for some of these capabilities. But the ability to modernize applications and, and support them correctly is, is a big reason that folks might might look to a different workload tool because they start down the digital transformation path and then they start to discover where those weak points are and they're relying on the tool to help them get there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, cloud-based jobs and improving resource utilization, some of the um, uh, answers that you've got there in uh, in one of the um, uh, report charts about driving the need and you know what, what are the highest categories there. Uh, it's really a true story. I mean, it's really happening and that's, uh, that's what they're doing. So it's fantastic to see. Yeah. You know, I hope that the audience has enjoyed uh, this discussion in, in some of the ways that workload is supporting digital transformation. In our, we're going to do one more in this series. In our next podcast, Robbie and I will be discussing how automation and orchestration has evolved to include a much broader group of users across the enterprise. This, uh, as everybody focuses on automation and how to get there, it's really becoming a team sport and workload is really being pulled to support a much broader group. Uh, and that'll be the topic of our third and final podcast in this series. If you'd like to learn more from the full research report, it is available at bmc.com forward slash WLA transformation.